Welcome back to Out on a Tangent. I'm Becca and I'm here with Michelle. Hooray. And this is our part two of puppetry. We're going to be talking about puppets in pop culture. Say that five times fast. Um, <laughs> where would you like to start? Is there anything you would like to start with? I don't know. I feel you're going to be the guide here more than me because this is a new, it's kind of a new world for me. Okay. So, like, the place I started with looking at puppets in pop culture was, like, Pinocchio. Oh, yeah, that is one I of think the that earliest. Might be one of the fir- and that was, uh, the book was published in 1883. Yep. And the Disney movie was released in 1940. And I think that's probably the most, there's so many movie versions, but I think yes. that might be kind of the, It's one of the most iconic. Mm. And then if you've ever seen some of the more cursed versions... <laughs> like, okay, I know there was, like, a TV, made-for-TV one, and I think, like, Peter Paul Rubens, or Peter, Paul. did I just say Peter Paul Rubens? <laughs> I meant Paul Rubens, not, okay. the, not the painter, that's Peter Paul Rubens. Paul <laughs> Rubens is not, <sighs> breathe, I just got out of story time, so my brain's a little, woo! Anyway, so, yeah, Paul Rubens, I think, played Pinocchio in it, oh I want to say that was in the 90s. I didn't see that. I mean, it there are a, so many versions. I think just last year there were two or three different there versions that came a, out. There was a one on Netflix, which I still haven't watched, and I want to, because that was... Uh, was it Guillermo del Toro? Yes, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I had to stop and think. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but... Um, so he was the director on Pacific Rim, and okay, the little yes. girl that uh, played the young version of the main character could not say his name so she called him Totoro oh that's so cute he loved it okay but I'm just like so I have to not do that in my head when I'm trying to say his name that's adorable Guillermo del Totoro (laughs) yeah if someone called me Totoro I would be so happy I I love Totoro (laughs) um but yeah Pinocchio is like one of the earliest like things we think of in terms of like puppetry in media or like really. a, and also interesting because the character itself is a puppet within yes. the story it's not a puppet yeah you know portraying yeah exactly something else it's a puppet being a puppet whereas like we have a lot of these others like i think a lot of us growing up our earliest thing was sesame street so and I know you didn't really do Sesame Street as a kid. As a kid, no. I'm I'm like getting into Sesame Street as an adult. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I I'm doing things a little backward, but you know what? I like I it. I still love it. So and what a lot of people don't realize is that the Sesame Street, they are Muppets. They are actually Muppets, and they predate like the Muppet Show itself. Kermit started out on Sesame Street. As a reporter. It blew me away when I saw that I that he was on the first episode of Sesame mm-hmm. Street. Yeah. He did a lot of, like, what were they? They were, like, uh, fairy tale news. So he'd be, like, interviewing the Big Bad, Big Bad Wolf or something. I, they're hysterical. I love them. Go go to YouTube. Um, I absolutely adore the Sesame Street Muppets. Like, we still watch... A couple of like different specials every once in a while, just because they're fun, mm-hmm. and especially like we have a couple of different books. Like I don't know how many times I have read the monster at the end of this book. I love that book so much. The best book ever. And we have a top. copy here, guys. So yes, we should. Everyone should own a copy. Yes, I have my original copy from when I was little, 
And it came in like a Sesame Street box set of little golden books. So I have all of those. And my daughter was like, I don't really want some of these. I'm like, okay, but I'm not getting rid of them. <laughs> they, these are my if books. That's fine that you don't want them. We're, I'm, I'm keeping, keeping them. <laughs> Like, I can't get rid of these. But that 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 was one book she was like, no, I'm not getting rid of this. What are you talking about? Especially because I act that book out. <laughs> I do fairly decent Grover impression. Nice. <laughs> so I can't help it. Um, another early one that a lot of us have experienced is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And it was specifically like all the in the land of make-believe segments that he had puppets. So he had like... King Friday and his family, X the Owl, Lady Elaine, uh, the original Daniel Tiger, not that's Daniel Tiger's dad, and then Henrietta Pussycat, and those were like all interacting with the human characters, and I always loved the fact that they were just there, and everyone just, yeah, these are puppets, we're just going to go. And those and it, were primarily hand puppets, yes, right? Yes, those were hand puppets. Okay. Um, I think, like, once in a while he may have had, like, a marionette on there, but those were, like, specific, like, episodes for specific things. Okay. But for the most part, all the puppets, and he was the voice on a lot of those as well. Mr. Rogers? Yeah. He's the I voice of, he was that. the voice of Daniel Tiger and uh, Lady Elaine. I need to go back and watch some of that, too, because I haven't watched a Mr. Rogers episode since I was so young. But It's, it's kind of like when you go and watch Bob Ross. Mm-hmm. It's just listening to him. Actually, yes. Just, like, very comforting, very, yes. like, soothing. Yes. I love it. Um, and, well, one thing I... I didn't know this, okay? So, everyone, don't don't yeah, laugh no, if, no, you, no, no. if this is common knowledge, but Muppet stands for Marionette Puppet? Yes. I did not know that's so, how the Muppets okay. got their name. So, the reason for that, I can explain that, too. Okay. So, they are a hand rod puppet. And that's where the marionette part comes in, because of the rod. Mm-hmm. So that's why they are called a marionette puppet. It's because of the way you have to manipulate the puppet itself. But I didn't, I just thought yeah. the name was just a goofy sounding word that kind of sounded like puppet. I didn't realize it was uh No. Yeah. It actually means that, which I am a huge Muppet fan. If you have not met me yet, <laughs> I am filled with Muppet trivia and I have all the movies. <laughs> Most of the TV show as well. <laughs> and I watch it on the regular. So Sesame Street started airing in 1969. Correct. When did Mr. Rogers start airing? Do you know? Because um, I didn't actually look into I him. I feel like that was... I want to say it was around the same time. It's just so incredible. Like, the late 60s. Suddenly yeah. there were so many... Even Sherry Lewis with Lamb Chop yes. was on TV. Um I think she was more like guessing on other people's shows with Lamb yes. Chop, but I didn't realize that her characters were that old either, because in the 90s there was a Sherry Lewis and Friends show. Yes, I was actually going to bring up Lamb Chop. Um, but she was, yeah, she had started already in the 60s. 1968. Oh, so yeah. So it was like very concurrent. That's yeah, so they were interesting. Right around the same time. Um, but yeah, I, again, Lamb Chop. So technically what Sherry Lewis is doing with her is ventriloquism, but again, Lamb Chop, Charlie Horse, and Hush Puppy were all puppets. Yeah. But I love them. But yeah, uh, Lamb Chop's Play Along was what it was oh, in okay. the 90s. Yes, yes. I watched that show. I watched that show. That's actually all something I watched when I was like a teenager still. For some reason, I really loved that show. Did you just miss out on PBS as a kid? 
I wouldn't. Well, actually, that's interesting. That might be the problem is we lived in a place that didn't have like cable or we just had a satellite oh, dish. That's weird. So like we didn't have PBS at my house. It so I mean, that just, really that could just be the gap. Huh. That's I've never met anybody who hasn't watched PBS as a kid. That's interesting because it's like a cultural touchstone. Yeah, we had a satellite dish that my father would have to go out in the backyard and physically move to, yeah. tr- to try to get different channels. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, have you ever seen Alf? Or okay, at least when know I was of a Alf? kid, <laughs> I saw commercials for Alf, okay. and I was a little creeped out. And Understandable. It it was a bit too much for me to actually watch, but I am like, familiar. I know he sounds like I know he he eats cats. Okay, or something so, like that was very upsetting to me. Okay, I, I looked into this because I'm okay. like I distinctly remember having a shirt of Alf and it says I love cats and then as an adult I learned that he ate cats and I'm like that can't be right like it can't be completely right so what happened was he had tried to eat the family cat several times because apparently cats are a food source on his home planet and he eventually grew attached to the cat and loved the cat so he couldn't eat the cat (laughs) so both statements are true. He loves cats, and he would eat cats. Um, but Alf was insane because it was a sitcom. It was a sitcom show, so they had like the holes in the floor, like you would like with the Muppets, and the actors had to like act around the holes and not die mm-hmm. by falling in them. Alf was weird. I'm some some shows you look at and you're like, how did that happen and how did it last as long as it lasted? Because that definitely had at least a couple seasons. I yeah, think. it did. Like, it, it had like around four, I think. So it was weird. But yeah, it's funny. What I was finding was like 60s and 70s. It was mostly like kids television stuff, and in the 80s you get all the movies. Like the 80s were like the explosion yes. of and mostly Jim Henson stuff. Well, just to backtrack a little bit, going back to the 50s that's when Mm. you're going to start with like the howdy doody show Mm -hmm. and charlie mccarthy going around to different things actually he started in the 30s so charlie mccarthy was like a ventriloquist thing but howdy doody was he a marionette so he was a marionette so um you know have you watched toy story 2 if you have, I am sadly. I watched Toy Story for the first time in the past year. Okay, so at least so you're I'm familiar. On with, it. You're familiar with Woody, at least. Yes. Okay. I'm, so, yeah. in the second one, there is a old TV show that Woody's apparently a part of, and yes. it's styled after Howdy Doody. Like it's called Woody's Roundup. That's where the basis for okay, that comes so from. That's where yep. Jesse comes from. Yep. If you're familiar with Jesse, yes. so. It's just interesting, and that show had human characters as well. So what's interesting to me is how many of these shows, if not just the puppets, they have a human character. So it's like you can see yourself with the puppet. Like, they are a real thing. That is a good point because, like, we'll we'll talk about this in a few minutes, probably, but, like, the Dark Crystal, which is all puppets, puppets yeah. is kind of rare. Yeah. Because it usually is... Human, human and puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And then that leads into Captain Kangaroo show, which had, that one lasted a long time. That was from 1955 to 1984. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had never actually seen it. I only knew about Captain Kangaroo because my dad had mentioned it several times. So like I have weird touchstones with it, but I've never mm-hmm. actually watched it. But like 
you had more sock puppet style ones. Um, like Mr. Moose specifically was a sock puppet style. The bunny rabbit, I think, was more um, hand puppety. Uh, but I distinctly remember seeing things about Mr. Moose because of him trying to get Captain Kangaroo to like answer a joke. He was usually like a knock-knock joke or something. And the punchline was always followed by ping pong balls. Okay. And if you've watched Family Guy, they reference it on Family Guy. <laughs> it's really bizarre because I was like, why do I know this? <laughs> because my dad had mentioned it to me before. Huh. Um, the other one I found, which was really interesting, this is like the main... I have two that are like non-American. Uh, Topo Gigio? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's a little mouse puppet from Italy. And it was in the late 50s and early 60s he appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. And it took off and he became a touchstone, not just in Italy, like all over the world. There are like TV shows, animated shows, movies. He's been in commercials. He's teamed up with soccer. Like, <laughs> it's insane. This He's an icon in Italy. It's interesting but he's this little foam rubber mouse that's controlled by rods and it would take like three different people to control him he wasn't very big he was like less than two feet tall but he was so like cute and they would have him against a black velvet curtain especially like on the ed sullivan show so that way Mm -hmm. you wouldn't see the um puppeteers you Mm -hmm. would just see the mouse and so the way he would move people were just like this is not like your typical hand puppet it was so intriguing to people that it was so different and then there's the thunderbirds have you ever seen the thunderbirds i know what the thunderbirds are and i know that the the movie team america kind of was a parody of the thunderbirds so i'm familiar with kind of the look and the feel okay i didn't realize that there were actually more than just the Thunderbirds. This was actually like the fifth version of these. But it was made by the same people. So it was like this Thunderbird specifically was mid-60s. And they were electronic marionette puppets, which I thought was interesting. The only piece of electronics is moving the eyes and the mouth. The rest of it is actually moved by humans. And it was just, I was like, that's why it bothered me so much as a kid, I think. Because I... My brother used to watch that, and it scared the heck out of me. I'm like, why are you watching this again? But it used real special effects because they used scale models for the puppets. And Mm -hmm. it was just kind of unnerving, a little uncanny valley. Mm -hmm. But, and what was neat is that during the production of the show, they used to use wires above, so more marionette like that. But later on, like halfway through, they switched to using rods from below so that they could get more precise mm-hmm. movements. And you can see it different. That would be interesting to just look at the two yeah. different versions. Like I looked at little clips mm-hmm. and I'm like, you can kind of tell it's smoother. And maybe that's again going into the Uncanny Valley thing yeah, for me. Yeah, it's like, is that better or worse? Like it's... <laughs> um, before we jump into Jim Henson, because we, we will. Yeah, Jim Henson is kind of like the big. He's like the granddaddy of the pop culture of the Muppetry, like to this day. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to mention Pee Wee's Playhouse Mm -hmm. because that show was wild. Just in general. That was Paul Rubens again. That was 1986 to 1990. 
Okay. And I didn't realize how long that ran. But, like, they had animation on there. They had live-action people. They had puppetry. And he was, like, an integral part of all of it, which was neat. Um, so there was Conky the Robot, Terry the Baby Pteranodon. Uh, there was a puppet band who were animals that were a 50s jazz combo. <laughs> Randy and Billy Baloney. And then there were a couple others around the playhouse. Like, I don't know if you can consider Cherry to be a puppet, but it kind of was I was a wondering, yeah. But everything was, like, different styles. Because, like, Randy and Billy, I believe, were marionettes. Whereas Terry was a hand puppet. So he had everything on there. This show was insane. That is, yeah. I love that show. I'm missing Paul Rubens right now, apparently. <laughs> um, and the other things I wanted to touch on, puppets are not just for kids. And I think that really made a big touch point in the 90s that it wasn't just for kids because that's when we got Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's when we got um, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. And those led into early 2000s for Avenue Q. And just the amount of things using puppets, not just for kids' shows, but letting them be raunchy and funny and making fun of adult things. Again, it was nice. <laughs> I find that I there's like three categories for puppets. It's children's entertainment, mm-hmm. adult comedy, which is kind of the more rude comedy, and then yep. horror. Yes. Or scary movies. Yes. It's kind of in... Like the Jigsaw puppet. Yes. And sci-fi used to use puppetry, but not really much anymore. Yeah, so it just I depends like, on what it is. Like, in, if Jim Henson Company's involved, there's obviously yeah. puppets. But, but yeah, these days it's mostly like... CGI. Horror. Yeah. Comedy. If you're using real puppets at all. But yeah, the Saw movies had a, had a puppet. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, ventriloquist dummy movies are usually scary. Yes. Like, it's it's usually used as a horror element. Horror Thank element. you, Goosebumps. Yes. R.L. Stein, you've traumatized us. <laughs> it's okay. I, I have a fond memory of those books, but I can't go back and read them, and I'm surprised my kids haven't picked them up yet. <laughs> You're kind of just waiting. Yeah, I I'm read waiting. those. I was quite a Goosebumps kid. Um, but we can jump into Jim Henson, our favorite guy well actually okay i'm going to mention a couple oh, of things yes yes yes, go for it so the 80s did have a lot of puppet movies and i thought it was really interesting that mo- at most of the list is like jim henson movies but you have the never-ending story in 1984 yes wolfgang peterson directed that he yes. was a german director who also did das boot which is a very respected war film wait yeah wait what yeah so so a director that I think he did that beforehand, before that movie. So he's a very famous German director who's done lots of things. And Maybe that's why Michael End really didn't like the movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, and I love the book, too. The book is very different. The book is very good. I love the book. Um, but then also you have uh, Meet the Feebles, which was one of Peter Jackson's first movie. And that's a rude puppet movie. And Peter Jackson went on to do Lord of the Rings. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's... Kind of a cult classic weird I, yeah, movie. That might need to be a Saturday night movie. <laughs> yeah. So that was in 89. So oh like he gosh. got his, that might have been his first or second real yeah. movie. You know, like as yeah. feature length. And then there was even a short movie that Todd Haynes did called Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story, where he used Barbie dolls as actors 
you can't really find this movie now because they, he was sued. He wasn't supposed yeah. to be doing this. But he went on to do um, like Lola Goldmine, I'm Not There, which is a movie about Bob Dylan and Carol, which I think was nominated for. Like he he is now like yeah. a director of adult oh, no. Oscar yeah. movies. So I thought that was very interesting that different oh directors kind of got their start with puppets in different that, genres. Yeah. Yeah. But Oh, I, got, I didn't even know about some of those. That's cool. Now, okay, so you and me are fans of Dark Crystal. Yes. Which, honestly, I wish that that movie had done so much better. He, Jim Henson was so sad after that did not do so well. And it makes me sad for him because it was such a beautiful movie. It scared the heck out of me as a kid. But I love that movie, and I love going back and looking at it and just... I love the art of Brian Froud and the fact that he was able to take Brian Froud's drawings and paintings and make them into a physical 3D creature is still mind-blowing to me. Like, just looking at all the details on the Skeksis and even on the Mystics. Like, there's not a lot of detail on the Mystics, but what's there is insane. Looking at Agra and all her, like, the things in her hair and stuff. Looking at just the details of the surroundings. Like, that's one thing I like doing now mm -hmm. is just watching the backgrounds. <laughs> seeing little things that I didn't notice before. <laughs> well, what I'm finding, why I'm being very drawn to this kind of genre. So I've always really liked scary movies and horror oh, yeah. movies. But mostly for the super, like, um, the special effects. Yes. The, the artistry in that they use robotics. They use practical effects yeah and so i often watch a horror movie and i'm just going whoa that's a really cool effect yeah and i i'm like whoa i get that same feeling when i'm watching puppets like interesting it's it's like wow so many people are working together to, to, to make this to one do thing. this yeah to, to create this illusion so it's like <laughs> a much more pleasant like nicer way to to appreciate <laughs> appreciate some artistry yeah. yeah oh that's a new way of looking at that maybe i should try that again I get a little too into some of the horror, so I'm like, um, nightmares later. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so, no, yeah, that's, that's why I'm, I'm going backward, I guess. Because as a kid, I loved horror, and now I'm like, I really love the art and all these. And just the, the collaborative, like, yes. you know, five performers might be working together to create this character at the same time. And it's like the, what are the, the Gartham soldiers, the, like, big beetle soldiers that are in it. The fact that there's a person inside that. Is insane. The the landstrider thingies. That's a person on stilts. Going and looking at behind the scenes stuff on those was really eerie. Oh, I love watching. But it's yeah. so cool to see. And just I love the ridiculousness of it. Um, my favorite movie of all time is The Labyrinth. I love that's because that's my David like, Bowie movie. Yeah. David Bowie. And that's when I saw as a kid very young and just like watched all the time. Like just same. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> and I still, I mean, I still, I own it on DVD. I have it, like, on streaming. Like, I have it everywhere. I bought it in different yeah. formats. Same. And, <laughs> and uh, I watch it probably once a year still. Yeah, David Bowie's awesome in it. Like, the music oh, is just fantastic. Great. And his music with the soundtrack music and all of that glitter. <laughs> yeah, and he's so game. Yeah. Like, just interacting with those puppets. Okay, so... I know that we are kind of more family-friendly, but this is a funny thing. You know, his bulge. Yeah. That was Jim Henson's idea. Was it really? Yes, it was. It's a sock. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. I do I do remember as a kid being like, huh. 
and then just kind of not thinking too hard about it. Jim but... Henson did that on purpose because it was funny. <laughs> okay, I kind of just assumed Bowie was like, I'm wearing these pants and I don't care what anyone says. Nope. Okay. Nope, that was Henson and I love it. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> it is a thing that kind of anytime you watch it with someone for the first time, they're going to turn to you and be like... But now you know a trivia yeah. tidbit and, and you can throw at them. I'm like... Don't worry about it. Listen to the music. It's fantastic. And the different types of puppets alone in mm. that movie. Like, okay, you have Ludo, who's a full suit. You have uh, the traditional broad hand puppets. But then you have, like, the Fireys, who are able to take themselves apart. And they did all of that on a black screen. And you can kind of tell it's a little wonky. Yeah, that's but, the kind but, of... But they were trying to do kind of... Because I, I think they removed the performers. Yes. So there's digital there's digital yes. effects so involved in that as well. So it was before blue screen, before green mm-hmm. screen. They were trying it with black. Yeah. So they, they were kind so of innovating like a new. Exactly. Yeah. So learning how to do that. And then the fact that your puppets are coming apart and you can put them into different directions and yeah. still animate them, which is creepy, but amazing. Yeah. And then the the tiny, tiny worm. I love the tiny worm. I love him so I much. I love the tiny worm. And, um. The eyeballs that were in the the ferns and the, the oh, maze, yeah. and then the the guy that has the hat that's a bird. I, I love, love that the. One. I'm forgetting his name. He's the little. He rides the dog. Oh, Didymus! Sir Didymus! Sir Didymus! I love Sir Didymus. I love him, and the fact that they got a real dog to uh-huh. go around the set with this little puppet on uh-huh. its back is. It's so funny best. when you know it's just the puppet riding the dog. He's, he's floppy. shaking so yeah. much, but it's really funny. It's, yeah. And then there's the big suit of armor that Hoggle ends up in yes. later. Just the movement of that thing. And I think uh, you're talking about, I don't think we talked about on this podcast, but like um, the hands. Yes, 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 yes. The, the hands. The real performer's hands are like creating faces. So the really cool thing about that is it was literally just a large tube that they had made so that Sarah, uh, Sarah can go down into it. And... They can't see what they're doing, but it's all of these latex hands that are in this tube. And the different performers are around, moving their hands and everything. And I don't know how many takes that must have taken. It was insane. It's such a good effect because you really believe that she's, like, falling down into a tunnel. Exactly. As it's happening, too. And I'm sure she was just kind of standing. They were just dropping her slightly. It it wasn't that big. It was probably no bigger than... It could probably fit into a room, maybe a little taller than a regular room. So it wouldn't have been that big, and it would have been a safe fall for mm-hmm. her. Uh, but just, I love that. And if you love those style, you need to go find Jim Henson's The Storyteller. I think, so I have vague memories of that as a kid. I would like to see those again. So there were two versions. Um there was the regular storyteller, and then there was one that was like the Greek myths. Mm-hmm. And they changed who the storyteller was because... Uh, the first series had John Hurt, and the second one I want to say was Michael Gambon, but I'm not sure now. Oh, I don't remember now. Okay, but they was telling fairy tales, like, and some of them were a little bit more obscure, and they were getting some wild and crazy, like, nice things going on, and they had celebrities in there again, yes. just pulling from their the Muppets and stuff, but there were no Muppets in it. I love, love the storyteller. I found those in college, and I'm like, how did I miss these? Um, so I think we wanted to talk about who are your favorite puppets. Yeah, I made a little top five. Um, I'm not sure if one of us should go through all of our top five first, then the other one does it. Yeah, we could. Do that. You want me to go first? 
Sure, you can go All first. All right. So my all-time favorite. So I have I have mine grouped. Okay. So I have a favorite Muppet, and that's Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've ever met me, that makes total sense. Um, <laughs> just because he is a weirdo. He is called a weirdo. But he's also apparently an alien, if you've ever watched Muppets from Space. Mm-hmm. Um, I always loved the fact that he was doing these weird art pieces. Like eating a tire to the tune of Flight of the Bumblebee. Like, or trying to grow his tomato plant also to the Flight of the Bumblebee. On, <laughs> But things like that. Just mm-hmm. so weird. And I had the Muppets record. Mm-hmm. Like, the actual, like, albums. And he was doing the tire one on the record. Which was just bizarre to me. <laughs> but I always loved the fact that he was this weird blue creature that did these randomly weird things, but he also has, like, the most touching songs that he's done. He's done the Wishing Song, which was on The Muppet Show, and then he did um, I'm Going to Go Back There Someday, which was in The Muppet Movie. I cry during that song. I love that song so much, and Dave Goals, who is the performer of Gonzo, gives that such emotion that you can't help it. Like, I, I love Gonzo so much. And also, the, the Christmas... Carol movie, oh, right? Heck he's yes. Dickens, yes. right? Like he's he's Dickens. the narrator. He's so good. That's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I can quote that entire movie. <laughs> I love that. And if you've never seen Muppet Treasure Island, like those two. Yes, and actually that has Tim Curry, right? Exactly. So yeah, I have, to, I have to watch that. Yes. I love both. My favorite Sesame Street Muppet is Grover. With Cookie Monster is a very close second. Mm-hmm. But I've always loved Grover. Again, furry and blue. I don't know why I like the furry and blue guys. Yeah. But I always love the fact that he's, like, this sweet and lovable guy, and he's always, like, lifting you up. But he's also really making that one guy really angry when he's a waiter. And his alter ego of being Super Grover is just hysterical. Yes. Oh, Super Grover's very good. Oh, and have you gotten to Super Grover 2.0 yet? No. Oh, my gosh. So they upgraded him. <laughs> it's... Just more silliness. I love it. And then he would be, like, going around the world. Like, he would have little segments. I'd be like, I went to Russia this week to visit my friend so-and-so, and and we learned about this. And then he would show, like, what this kid's doing. This kid would narrate it. And it's so cute. Uh, The Worm from Labyrinth. One of my absolute favorites. I love the Worm from Labyrinth. It's it's, It's so tiny. He's in the movie for, like, a minute, maybe. And it's just, like, such a wonderful... But he's such a touchstone for people. Mm -hmm. Like... He's so cute. Like, come inside and meet the missus. Like, yes, yes, I would love to crawl inside your little wormhole. Um, the Chamberlain from the Dark Crystal, also performed by Dave Goals. Nice. <laughs> like, I love the Chamberlain. He's the one, if you've ever watched the Dark Crystal, he's the one that's like, mm, all the time. He's like doing the weird little whiny thing. Just, I love how ridiculous he is. Because at the beginning, he's all like confident, but he's kind of scared of the other ones. But then he's like scraggly after he's been kicked out and... I just, I love his transformation. And then going and watching uh, the Netflix Dark Crystal mm-hmm. Rise of, uh, I keep forgetting what it's called. I don't remember. It's Resistance, I think. I, I can't I remember. even looked it up and I forget. I think yeah. I'm mixing it with the Star Wars ride, Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. now, because my brain is like that right now. But he's, <laughs> I just, I love what they did with all those characters. Like you get to see more of them go back into their, like into that time and see them. It's so cool. Um, and then I recently found this, these people on Facebook. Or not Facebook. I found them on YouTube and Instagram. And they're called Ragmop and Goose. And they make puppets. And you can buy their puppets. They're like $150. Handmade puppets. Beautiful. 
but they have this one character named Diablo. And he's like pure chaos. And I adore him so much because he just sits there and he apparently runs the uh, the packing room. <laughs> he's sitting there going, look at all the packing supplies. <laughs> like, the cardboard, the bubble wrap. And he, he talks kind of like that. And then all of a sudden he just goes, evil. And I can't help it. I love him so much. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> But yeah, I those those are my favorite puppets. <laughs> I find it so. I also two of my top five are puppeted by the same person. Oh, that's funny. So I think I want and subconsciously like because I'll just say it's Frank Oz, and I found Heck through yeah. the years when I've looked back to see who Frank Oz has done, I'm like, oh, these are my favorites. Mm-hmm. So is it? It's weird because it's like part of you kind of identifies like, them. The, yeah. the performer, even though they're behind a puppet, even though they're doing different voices, there's something about their performing. Mm-hmm. That you are drawn to. Yep. And then, yeah, it's so wild. I don't know. Okay, so my top five. Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. <gasps> the Luck Dragon. Falcor. I just wanted to hang out with him and ride around on him. Who doesn't want to ride Falcor? And I, he does look a little weird, guys, okay? Because there's like weird little scaly things and stuff on him. But you know what? He's soft on top. He Funny like thing about Falcor. So I, one of my um, drawing professors, he taught figure drawing. <laughs> He had a like beard and mustache and everything, but the way that it like formed <gasps> on his face, and he had soft brown eyes just like Falcor. Like he looked like Falcor in so human amazing. form, and he was so sweet. I loved him, but just every time I looked at him, I'm like you're like Falcor in human. It's <laughs> so cute. And actually, I have to say too. So some of these aren't traditional puppets. Like Falcor was. Yeah. So I am playing a little bit with animatronic stuff. That's okay. But um. It does say, the author of the book did not like the look of the dragon in the film, but the director wanted the character to be cute for kids or, yeah. or comforting or... Which I understand. In the book, it was like a lion dragon. Like, it was... Uh, it was more Chinese-inspired, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But, but I get but, where they were coming from. Uh, the, the They had two different things for him, like two different bodies, and one was 43 feet long and constructed of used airplane steel, and the head weighed 200 pounds. Where is this thing now? I don't know. And can I ride it? Um... <laughs> Okay, number four, Stick Stickly. Oh, yeah, Stick Stickly! He's my man. Uh, he was on Nickelodeon in the summer times. He would host, like, the weekday programming blocks yes. between the shows. And he is literally a popsicle stick with googly eyes and a yellow nose and a little mouth. Yep. That's it. He is a popsicle stick. And he was so real to me and, yes. like, my good friend in the summer. Well, the fact that you could mail stuff to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he had an address. I don't, I don't even remember the full address, but it, he, like, sang it. It was, like, stick, stickly, and some, some, New York, New York. Like, that's all I remember. But <laughs> So he has appeared on Nickelodeon uh, occasionally, most recently in 2016. So I think still, I remember that. Um, but I did look to see, he was created by two women. Um, I'm not sure if I'll say her name right, but Aggie Fodor and Karen Kuflick. And they're oh. both really involved in, like, kids and adult programming. Oh, that's um, cool. To this day. Kuflick also worked on Sesame Street. And uh, I, I, it was cool to look them up and just, I was like looking at their LinkedIn profiles. I'm like, wow, like where to go in the, we're back. Michelle got so excited. I just said a bad thing. Okay. So. I'll find it. Don't worry. I totally <laughs> forgot we were even on a podcast. I was just like hanging out with you and talking about puppets. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. Number three. Yes. Yoda. Of course, Yoda. And specifically Empire Strikes Back Yoda. Yes. Just when I first saw that. I believed he was real. I had, I just loved him. And yeah. I actually saw the real Yoda puppet, one of the original ones at the Smithsonian. 
in DC when I was in middle school. And it was, I just stood by it for like 10 minutes and just stared. It was a really emotional moment for me. That's cool. I love that. Yeah, Frank Oz did the, uh, most of the performing and voice, but there were, I think like three or four other people controlling different parts of the body. Yep. The ears were controlled by one person specifically, which yep. is so funny. Because I think they had some animatronics so that they could move that, but that way yep. he could still be in there moving him. Yeah. yeah. And then there actually, I didn't know this, there were some wide shots of Yoda that uh, Deep Roy, who's an actor, who's, yes. he was in the co- in a costume. I love Deep Roy. He's, yeah, and he's done so much cool work. Um, and then number two, Hoggle from Labyrinth. Yes! Hoggle's my BFF. I wanted, again, these are all characters I just wanted to hang out with. I would just be like, I want to be your friend. I want to hang out with you. Hoggle, he's such a grump at first. And then he, he's so warm and. It's kind of like a stereotypical grumpy dwarf. Mm Mm-hmm. But more rude than grumpy. Yes. Like Snow White. And I think that's why he's a little bit more endearing. Because he's so rude. I also would kind of relate to being like, I'm just trying to do my job, lady. Like, leave me alone. Like, he's just trying to... I warned you. I warned you about this place. You didn't listen. (laughs) And then, um, my number... Oh, oh, actually, okay, so interestingly about Hoggle, there was an actor, a woman. Yes. Sherry Weiser? Was in the costume? Yes. Could not see out of it. Had no monitor. Could only see when the mouth opened. Yep. So, the entire physical performance of Hoggle is someone who cannot see what they're doing, yep. which is so, again, like, amazing to watch because... <laughs> How do they move? How are they able to do this? Well, just the other actors not bumping into them, yeah. not, like, everyone's... And, and uh, there were... Oh. The face was controlled by, um, like, mechanical, it, yes. like you are saying, with the Thunderbirds. Yes. If you... Uh, there are pictures out there of Hoggle without the skin. Yes. And oh, it I is think I've terrifying. seen one. It is, okay, yes, it is pretty... Yeah, 18 motors in his face yes. and four people operating that. So when you're watching that and there's... And Brian Henson, Jim Henson's yes. son is the voice. Yes. Yes. Um, I just can't believe that you can do that live and perform all of that. That's insane. And then my number one is Cookie Monster. Of course. Anyone who knows me, anyone who comes in here, I love Cookie Monster who... Also voiced and performed by Frank Oz until 2001. And then since then, it's been David Rudman, I guess. But oh, I forgot that he was Cookie Monster early on. But yeah, now thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. once you hear it, you're like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, Yoda, Miss Piggy, and Cookie Monster are all the same voice. I <laughs> blew my youngest daughter's mind because I was like, you realize Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy are voiced by the same person. She was like, what? And then we went and watched the more recent Muppet movie, like the... The revival one that introduced Walter. And she was like, I hear it now. I hear it now. Yes. Like, yeah, now that he's older, you can kind of hear it. Yeah. And she's like, I get it. <laughs> and actually, when I was a little kid, Fozzie was a, I loved Fozzie Bear. So again, like, it just somehow yep. Frank Oz is, yep. whatever he does, it just keys in for me. <laughs> I love Frank Oz. But yeah, Cookie Monster's first appearance was in an IBM training film in 1967. His name was, his first name was Arnold, the Munching Monster. Oh, that's funny, because... Sesame Street lore, his name is Sid. Yes. Um, so, but when he first appeared in Sesame Street, he didn't have a permanent name yet. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So Frank Oz says that what happened was, and a later thing on the show, the monster won a quiz show. And for winning the show, he was given the choice of $10,000 cash, a new car, a trip to Hawaii, or a cookie. And he took the cookie. And then after that, he was known as the cookie monster, which is so cute. But yeah, he's so <laughs> pure. And I just love his self-care and his like... And he's always about like... I. 
everyone was like up in arms like oh no cookie monster's becoming a veggie monster i'm like no have you actually watched those because he's like no me no cookie monsters cookies sometimes food yeah me need to eat vegetables and fruits yeah but me still love cookies yeah, <laughs> like I, i'm totally behind and that. if you have not watched the call me maybe parody <gasps> with him no you need to oh okay. my god sesame street parodies are on par with like saturday Night live parodies mm-hmm. they're like whole other ballpark but i love them so much <laughs> it, it's yeah, adorable it's great you need but to watch that he's just i one of my favorite things at work here is is uh, miss jenny will read me cookie monster tweets uh-huh. some mornings oh do you know what your guys said today <laughs> she'll read them to me it <laughs> yes. just like makes my day it's so much fun that's partly why i still have a twitter is i follow like mm-hmm. all the sesame they street characters they have a great social media they team. really do if you need a little ray of sunshine go check out their instagram and their twitter it yeah. just it'll make your day and I even follow them on Facebook. Like we, Gonzo did a Q and A the other day. I I'm gonna do the, try and answer the most weird questions as many as I can. So, <laughs> my daughter was like, "All right, I got a question for him," and she was just sitting there and she was looking at her nightlight, and it happened to be that the weird reflection on the ceiling looked like a marshmallow. And she's like, "Why does my nightlight's reflection look like a marshmallow?" <laughs> And he answered Did her. He really? He answered her. Oh my gosh. And he's like, I don't know, but maybe you're hungry at night. <laughs> she talked to Gonzo. Yeah, I know. I was like, That's really you talked to my Muppet. <laughs> That's so exciting. I love it. I, I swear, if I ever get to, that, that is a huge bucket list. If I ever get to meet one of my Muppets or one of the Muppets in general, I'm probably going to cry. Yeah, I'm going to And I'm like, I'm going to be, I'm sorry, performer, but I have to hug this puppet. Yes. <laughs> They are lovely. Yeah. yeah. You said you had some trivia for me? I do have some me? trivia. I mean, we're running kind of long, but we can keep going if eh, we want. We'll, we'll finish it up. This okay. will be the last bit. Okay. So, <laughs> these are just things I found very interesting when I was researching. So, okay. some might be really common knowledge. Some might be, like, very weird. I don't know. Okay. But what, character, what Muppets were actually on the first episode of Sesame Street? There are six that were actually on okay, the first episode. Okay, so I episode. know Kermit... Is it any, it's not any of the big six, is it? Like, I don't think Fozzie was on there. Nope. They're, they're all, like, not the obscure ones, but they're little ones like that. Was Rolf on there? No. It wasn't Rolf the dog. What, I feel it like actually, it was a hand puppet, though. Like, it is pretty, at least the, the Sesame Street wiki I was looking at, it's pretty obvious, like, big, big name guys. I don't think it was the Swedish chef. That would be weird. Okay, I'm just going to start naming. Okay. Okay. Sweetums? No. Okay, we got Kermit. I don't think it was Piggy. No. Was it Piggy? Okay, no. Fozzie? No. Gonzo? No. Rolf? Scooter? Sesame Street. Huh? We're doing Sesame Street, right? Oh, I thought you said the original Muppets that were on Sesame Street. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, no. Okay. You should cut that out too. No, it's okay. It's okay. okay. I didn't know whether to say. Okay, so original original Sesame Street Muppets. Okay, Sesame Street Muppets on the first episode of Sesame Street. I'm so sorry. Oscar? Yes. Big Bird? Yes. Kermit, but... Uh, like Bert Nerdy? Yes. Does that count as one or two? Two. That, I know <laughs> that too. Uh, was the Count? No. He wasn't on there yet. Did I say Cookie? No, but yes, it was Cookie, but Cookie was not named yet, and that's yeah. it. You, you named okay, them. Okay. I'm so sorry I screwed up the it's question. Okay, it's okay. No, it's okay. Okay. Well, it doesn't help that they're all Muppets. So I know, because I was like, do I call them Muppets, even if it's Sesame Street? I don't well, know. Well, that's why when... Muppet fans refer to them as the Sesame Street Muppets. Okay. Whereas you have Jim That's Henson's good Muppets. to know. So, because 
Yeah, and it took me way too long to realize you were... I was like, no, those are Muppets. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, who was the first celebrity guest on Sesame Street? And this is this is a shout-out for Miss Sam. And I don't know if that gives oh. you a clue. Oh, is it Carol Burnett? It was Carol oh, Burnett. She was God. on the first episode. I didn't know that. That's so cool. I did find a couple of sources that said James Earl Jones. So I'm not sure if he was also in the episode Ooh. or if he was in one of the very early ones. But most people... And I saw a screenshot of Carol yeah. on it. That's so I was cool. like, she's the coolest. She is the coolest. Um, most Muppets have four fingers on each hand. Can you name one with five? And I wrote down three of the... Well, well I, okay, these okay. are... I was going to say... I'm saying Muppets. I think two are... Mm, one is a Sesame Street Muppet, and two are... Jim Henson. Jim Henson Okay, Muppets. so Rolf, because he plays the piano. Okay. And then the Swedish chef. Yes. Because he has actual hands. Yes. <laughs> but one of these did surprise me a lot, actually, because I done, had not noticed that he has five fingers on it's each hand. It's not Telly. It's one of those, though. It's like, it's the Cookie Monster style. And I didn't write down everyone, because there actually is a pretty long list of them. Yeah. But I wrote down the three that I recognized the fastest. I don't know. It was Cookie Monster? It was Cookie Apparently Monster. Apparently has five fingers on oh his Oh my hands. God, he does. And I didn't, I was like, <gasps> and Swedish chef and Kermit. Kermit has five. He does. I had to look at multiple pictures to verify this. He does. He does, a... which is so odd because he doesn't, there's no need. There's yeah. no human hand in there. No. He so. does play banjo, though. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which, did you know that all Muppets are left-handed, technically? Because of having right-handed performers, it's easier to manipulate yes. that way. So in, I wonder now if like a left-handed person starts on a character if they have to switch it. They for like I if don't the know. left-handed person just has to do it righty because that's know. just the way it goes. That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, which Jim Henson character has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Kermit. It's Big Bird. What? Yeah. Kermit has one too. I oh, thought. does he have one too? I thought he did. Okay, I could be looking at something that did not include. Well, no, Kermit. Big, big Bird. But Big Bird does, got yeah. one in nineteen ninety four, so it's okay. possible I was looking at like an. Because I know article. that Kermit Jim has Hen to have one. Because Jim Henson technically has two. Because he one has is Kermit one, and one is himself, and he himself has one that he got like in ninety one. Yeah, it was after his death. Uh, which Sesame Street character has been awarded three Grammys as a like solo, like as a solo? Oh. Like, he is the name on the albums. Elmo? Yes. <laughs> he won, he's won Best Musical Album for Children three times. Dang you, Elmo. And I'm wearing my Elmo shirt, so we're all set. Uh, which Sesame Street character had a Billboard Hot 100 hit in 1970? Uh, uh, oh, um, uh, Ernie? Rubber Ducky? Yes. Yes! yes! <laughs> uh, how tall is Big Bird? Oh, God, I used to know this. I want to say he's seven feet something. I the number I got was eight foot two. Okay, I was off by a foot. Which I thought I that was bigger than I thought. Considering how much padding is in his foot alone, <laughs> yeah, is bizarre. I have a couple more. Okay, which Sesame Street character is the only non-human who has testified before Congress? Elmo. <laughs> and I had never heard of this in two thousand and two. He lobbied for more funding for music education so mm -hmm. that when Elmo goes to school, there will be instruments to play. Yep. I tried finding footage of this. I could. I found a six-second silent clip yep. of him sitting in a little suit in front of a microphone. I think I remember that because 
not only he's not the only Muppet to have done that either. Okay. Um, because back in like the nineties, Mr. Rogers was there. I think they had I don't know if it was Big Bird there. But Lamb Top also. Like, all in front of Congress, so trying to great. get more funding for, like, t- television, for uh, PBS and stuff. That's, yeah, I just yeah. thought that was lovely to see him. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, what famous children's author worked as an animator and writer for Sesame Street? Mo Willems! And that was kind of, I think I knew that, but I, that's such a cool fact that he started, um, uh, he did anime sketches and he also did Susie Kabloozy cartoons. Yes, Susie Kabloozy. I know those. Oh, my God. When I found that out. I was like, oh my God, Pigeon and yes. all of that just got so much better. Yeah. And it makes so much more sense with the humor. I'm mm-hmm. like, but like the Mo Willems verse is also like an avenue off of Sesame Street. Yes. Like, oh my like they could be friends. My God, could you imagine Big Bird and the Pigeon? Oh. I need to draw this now. Please do. Oh, we need. Oh, I yeah. still need to show you my Group Meets the Pikmin comic. <laughs> So last two. Yes. How many episodes of Sesame Street have been made? And this number, I got two slightly similar numbers. Oh I'm not sure God. if it's totally up to date. Like I, how many I episodes do you think there are? I remember that they had gotten to like 150, but I feel like it's more than that. Have they reached 200 yet? I'm oh. going with, with episodes. Yeah. Like individual episodes of Sesame Street? Oh, am I way off? Because it started in 69. Yes. Oh, wait, I'm thinking seasons. They did 50 seasons. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, How yes. How many episodes That's right. Because season? seasons, you're okay. close. Thousand? Am I off? The number I got was either 4,663 or 4,666 as of, like, this week. So. Okay, I was basing is, that off of, like, 20 episodes you, per season, yeah. but I'm way no, off. No, it's like 100 episodes a year almost oh that they're gosh. producing. I have no. How do you produce Okay, that no, that makes sense because it's a weekly... Thing. So you would have like a new episode almost every week. So that's about 52 every week. And if you end up having specials and stuff, I guess that makes so. sense. That's crazy, though. And then the last question, and this is just kind of a cool fact. When you look up Sesame Street in Merrimack Public Library's catalog, how many items are in our building alone? Oh. Or RE. Like how many items are at Merrimack? I'm going to say 100. 83. Oh, so Books, ebooks, DVDs, e movies, music CDs, board books, and audio CDs. That's not bad. And in all of Gmail's, the number went up to 368. Yeah. So Sesame Street. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to read about Sesame Street, or I didn't even look up Muppets. Take so, a trip down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that is it for us today. I'll be back in two weeks. We're going to talk about. Some spooky stuff getting ready. It's Halloween. No mm-hmm. most. I'm getting so excited. It. So excited. Yeah, and should we start decorating the room for Halloween? Yeah. So if you come in, you'll see Becca made some pumpkins with characters on them. I they were was super so excited. Cool. I it took me a minute to realize that they were up on Wednesday when I came in because I was like, oh hey, those are up now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're getting ready for our trunk or treat at the end of October. Just. Ah. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see you all next time. Bye!